We are sitting down today with Sarah Nicole from The Birds Papaya to do a call-in show. I literally texted you last night. Yeah, you did. And I was like, what do you think about doing a call-in show the next time you're in L.A.? She's like, I'm in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I manifested that fast. Yeah. <laughs> right? The power of my thinking. Um, I'm so excited to do this. The call-in show is something that we're doing more often here at Recovering From Reality because we want to connect with you in a deeper way than social media allows Mm -hmm. and having these conversations today are going to be amazing just a little bit of a um I guess, what would you call this? A liability. We are not professionals. Oh, gosh, We just no. give advice off of our personal experience. I'm literally a professional. I'm a professional of nothing. nothing. I'm just a professional <laughs> human. That's all I know. So if you have questions about mental health or addiction or anything like that, we are going to encourage you to reach out to a doctor or a local counselor or therapist mm-hmm. in your area. But we are so excited to do this call-in show. Obviously, we've had Sarah on before. If you haven't listened to her episode, swing back a couple in the RFR feed and find her. And if you're not following her right now, you can at, at The Birds Papaya and also her podcast, which is The, the Papaya, Papaya Podcast. podcast. It's Alexis Haynes, and this is my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Hey, you're on with Alexis and And Sarah. Sarah. Wow, we coordinated (laughs) that. Hi. What's your name? Alexis. Oh, your name's Alexis. Hi, Alexis. (laughs) How are you? Do you have a question for us? Yes. How do you guys accept the reality that you're living and give up um, the image of what you thought life would be for you? Because I I just struggle with that. Okay. Wow. I love that question. That's great. I'm going to let you start. Yeah. You see me smiling over here. I'd love to answer that. My entire life has kind of been, I love the word alchemy, where it's kind of something that you go through and you kind of like cleanse it into something better. So my life, what I expected it to be, didn't end up turning out that way. I ended in divorce. I ended up being a single mother. I lost a hundred pounds and still wasn't happy with my body. Everything that I thought would make me happy in life ended up being somewhat of a failure. Um, Coming through that and having the perspective that we have so much worth in just the simplicities of things and that we aren't, you know, our stories are not fully written until we write them and kind of leaning out from the expectations of what we thought we had on ourselves and allowing our lives to and ourselves to just fully bloom out of whatever is going on and whatever has happened in our past. Because I just wrote a quote today on my stories, but like we can't change our past. We can't change the things that were written before, but we can change how the story ends. And that's kind of what I try and live by, even when things kind of become unexpected. And it wasn't what I originally expected it all to be. I never expected that I would be um, divorced and remarried mother of three, right? That's just not what I ever expected for myself. Yeah. And then for me, um, obviously, like I also don't wish to shut the door on my past at all. And, um, 
even though on the outside, it seems like I'm living this really idealistic life now compared to the life that I had. I mean, I don't know if you know much about my past, but I had a very public meltdown and IV heroin use and all of these things. And now I'm seven years married and a great marriage and I have two little kids and yada, yada. And it's like, even though all of those things are there, there's still issues. And so even when you think that your life is where it's supposed to be, life always throws you for a loop. I think it's when we stop trying to swim against the the crashing waves and mm-hmm. instead start to go with them a little bit that we finally start to find peace and just enjoy the ride and we stop putting expectations on ourselves of I should be here I should be there and instead begin to actually like enjoy our lives a little bit and kind of even the chaos totally agree does that answer your question it does. Thank awesome. you. And Thank I like to say this one say real quick. I'm from Ohio. I know you mentioned Ohio oh, a lot yes. about you coming here for like covering yeah. you know addiction and stuff and it, yeah, it really hits home around here. Mm. Well, message me and I would love to chat further with you and thank you so much for calling and reaching out. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye. Hey, is this um Desiree? Yeah, you're on with Alexis and Sarah. How are you? I'm good, Alexis. We've already talked on my podcast. Oh, I yes. honestly wanted to call <laughs> to say what's up to you guys. Hi. Oh my gosh, you're the sweetest. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Just checking to see how we're doing yeah, today. No, I love talking to you, Alexis. That when you were on my podcast, and I just think it was great. And I followed Sarah for a while, and. When I saw she was going to be on, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to call because I love both of you guys. And you guys are just like such an inspiration to me for what I'm doing with my podcast on so many levels. And so I just honestly wanted to say hi. And Sarah, I think you're just seriously have been super helpful to me because I struggled with the eating disorder my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm in recovery now and I talk about that on my podcast. What is your podcast, hon? I'd love, I'd love for us to hear what it is. I feel out of the loop. Yeah, right now. it's called Candle <laughs> in a Dark Room. Okay, amazing. So I would love if you check it out. Um, I would yeah, love I mean, that. Yeah, I talk about trauma. I was sexually abused as a child. I talk about kind of my recovery process and what to rehab and um, different things like that. And so when I talked to Alexis and had her on as a guest on my podcast, we just kind of discussed parenting on how you know when like you've already been abused and so with you following your page and your podcast and everything again you know with an eating disorder it doesn't go away it's something I have to fight every day of course it's a relationship that kind of carries with you it's it's a different type of um, recovery for sure I love that you took your story and all of that pain and suffering and you have channeled into something so so good so congratulations on that that's amazing yes thank you so much Um, yeah I I appreciate it and um, just keep doing what you're doing, girls, both of you. And you guys are just seriously so amazing. And I would definitely love to talk to you guys again. So I just wanted to say what's up and that's it. Thanks so Thanks, much. Thanks, Desiree. And we'll talk soon. All right, girls. All right, talk, bye. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, this person called twice. I'll call him back. <laughs> Hello? Oh. Hi, Hi. <laughs> Hey. Hi. Oh my goodness. You're on- that I got through. <laughs> I'm calling from New Zealand. Oh my, from New God. Zealand. Oh my gosh. Hey girl. How 
are you? You okay? This is crazy. People from New Zealand have the best how, how accent I've ever heard. I like know. literally the best accent in the whole world. Absolutely my favorite. Thank oh you my for God. calling it's, and blessing me with that no, today. It's hideous. We're like, <laughs> no, I love it. No, I love it. What is that really? You know that? Fun, what is that funny sketch comedy show oh, with the oh, guy? Oh, Flight of the Jam- Concord. No, wait, oh. Jamela, 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 Jamela. Oh my god, only US people yeah, are gonna yeah, know. Pride of the is that what it is? Yeah. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. Like pride and joy down here. <laughs> I love um, that. Hi, what's your question? Oh my, or did you just want to chat? Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, no, I um I've got like a couple of things. I um I actually sent you a like message because I'm like, I don't know if I'll get through. Um but I like am kind of keen on the idea of like mental health needing a rebranding, um, and like my sort of thoughts are that like everyone suffers from anxiety, right? Like if you didn't have anxiety, you'd be like an ineffective potato. Um, <laughs> but it's just that unfortunately some people have like increased levels of anxiety, mm-hmm. and then it's like kind of the same with depression. Um, like everyone gets a bit down every now and then, but it's just that some people unfortunately have increased levels of depression. Um, and so I was just kind of keen to chat about like, you know, whether you think that that's like a too hard basket, um, like if it's best to just keep going with how it is and try to normalize that or whether like, I don't know, an overall rebranding of mental health would be um, would be cool or not. I honestly think it's one of those things where, yes, there is always something bigger and deeper to kind of address. But at the time, it's like meeting the current need. Like, what can we do right now in the current state that it's in to normalize those discussions? So Mm -hmm. I feel like where it is right now, it's like we're kind of on the ground floor of just dealing with just the immediate need, right? And as we go on and as these conversations become more and more common and more normalized, we can start to address, yeah, you're right. Like everybody has anxiety. Like so many people, whether you struggle with depression at one singular time or whether it's something you struggle with for your whole lifetime, most of us can identify with it. So I do think that mental health as a whole does need a little bit of a rebrand. I think you're completely right there. I think it's just one of those things that it's still carrying the stigma. So right now we're like at the we're at the wound we're at the wound of how do we remove the stigma how do we heal from this in the immediate sense while we kind of also remain Mm -hmm. cognizant of those bigger issues and that that tackling of that bigger mountain when it comes to mental health so to piggyback off of Mm -hmm. what sarah just said too i was sitting down with my husband the other day and we were talking about why so many people are on anxiety medications Mm. And my husband and I go, oh my gosh, I mean, just think about the world that we live in. And and it's not that the world hasn't always been crazy. Um, it's just that we're so hyper aware of it now. Yeah. And we're growing up with our kids in the U.S. going to school and doing active shooter drills in kindergarten. We're growing up with an entire generation of people bizarre. who it's bizarre and it's insane. A whole group of children that grew up post 9-11. Mm. And so it's... It's like if you're not dealing with some level of anxiety, like that would be abnormal in a way. You'd be living in a bubble. I think that there's something that um, I learned really early on and I love. I'm obviously I practice Buddhism and I love Pema Chodron. She has a book called The Places That Scare You. And it's all about learning how Mm -hmm. to accept our feelings and how to sit in that anxiety. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, it's important that our first answer isn't numb the pain, numb the pain, numb the pain, but to try to get to the center of the pain and almost make friends with the pain Mm -hmm. and then 
take that and motivate us for change. And so while, um, you know, I, I agree that we are kind of, we're starting to talk more openly about mental health and addiction. We have a long, long, long way to go. We certainly do. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you calling in. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you guys. It was great to chat. Um, do you have time for another quick question? Or I can do a quick a one, people? yeah. I've got a couple of people in the oh, yeah. queue waiting, um, but I can do one more. So, um, like, in New Zealand, we have a really, um, like, big issue with mental health. Um, and I think it's kind of based on we've kind of got this Kiwi attitude of, like, oh, she'll be right. That's, like, literally our, like, slogan for life. Um, and so we all kind of have a tendency to just, um, like, get on with it and not talk about it um and particularly like in our rural sector so for us um like farming and exporting meat is like the backbone of our economy um and our farmers like get paid next to nothing um and so they have this massive issue with mental health but they are also like disconnected because they're all you know literally living in the middle of nowhere um and so i'd be really keen for like um, an idea of like how you could reach like reach farmers and stuff because mm. you know everyone is just too busy um, with their animals and everything to sort of like have time to even think about themselves. I think um, this is where it's been really cool to see in the last few years the amount of online sources and secure online sources when it comes to mental health. There are a lot of online facilities now to help people get connected with counselors because you're right, even like you're talking about farmers and stuff, looking at the postpartum community, they don't really have the opportunity to leave their children and go and seek health, um, mental health, that is, course. and talk to somebody. So that's kind of where a lot of the birth of, you know, mental health Uh, practitioners online have really kind of risen up because when you're dealing, especially when you're dealing with something in an immediate need, the last thing you want to do is get out of bed. So to think of getting out of bed and going to talking to somebody about it doesn't really help anybody. You're talking about farmers. We're talking about moms. Like there's so many different people that don't have the ability to access that need. So that's why it's so amazing that we create more awareness of some of those online sources as well. I think face-to-face is kind of like my jam, but knowing that those sources are there for people online is is really really important too there's an amazing man johan hari you can look him up um it's j-o-h-a-n-h-a-r-i and he has ted talks about this his book that just came out recently lost connections talks about how we weren't um supposed to live in these very secluded areas apart from everybody else and we were supposed to live in tribes we thrived in tribes that's how we survived for years because one person can't Mm -hmm. defeat a tiger you know what i mean it takes an entire village of people to defeat the the tiger and we would rely on each other and and things like that and our mental health needs have been slowly uh, or quickly um, diminishing because of the lack of connection. So look up Johan Hari and, um, you know, shout yeah, out to awesome. one of our sponsors, Talkspace, baby. You can get, you know, amazing um, therapy online now, which is just incredible. So thank you so mm. much for calling. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for answering. Yes. And see you in New Zealand sometime. Come on down. Oh, yes. <laughs> one day. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, you're on with Sarah and Alexis. Hello. 
Um, I'm excited to be on. I'm sorry. I didn't expect to get through. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're um, so happy you did. Were you listening to the show while you were waiting? I'm happy to. Could you yes, hear the show? I heard oh, the okay. last caller. Okay, was... cool. <laughs> yeah, what can we do that for was good you? Here. Good info. Um, I am 65 days sober today. Oh, and I, um, I follow you, Alexis. I, um, uh, and Sarah, and I, um, sorry, I don't know yet who you are. That but, is um, okay. I don't know if this show is more no, addiction-focused or business-focused or kind of both. No, but, we're here to talk about um, everybody's anything. needs. Yes. I guess I just really, um, so I'm, I'm a writer, and I am also looking to start my own business. I guess I'm wondering, I've already kind of on my Instagram um, you know, posted about being sober and all this and for my reasons for getting sober. And it seems like I've lost a lot of followers in doing mm. that. And I'm just wondering, like, I don't know, I'm still pretty new in, I realize and all of that, but um, it's hard, like, being true to, it seems like a lot of people want, like, the picture perfect, like, maybe person who's never had a problem my my addiction was to alcohol, and um, it seems like people just want, you know, the person that can have the, you know, occasional glass of wine and, and just be fine, and, and that's who we aspire to be. But when someone's kind of been through, I don't know, for whatever reason, mine was, you know, trauma-based and, and all of that. So, I don't know. I, I guess my question is just how do you stay true to yourself and also, like, find the faith because I've lost a lot of friends in this too. You know, a lot of the people I used to hang out with all the time still party like we're in college. And um, yeah, I guess just being myself and who I am and wanting to grow a business from that is mm. kind of feel like I'm lacking the support I need to really get there sometimes. A couple of things. First and foremost, the people, I, I always say that the people who walk away from us when we start moving into our authenticity you know, they're making room for the people who want mm -hmm. to hear about your journey. Mm -hmm. And so when I started this podcast, I did, I lost a lot of people because I talk about all of the real life trauma that we're going through, you know, politically and with regards to human rights and women's rights and mm -hmm. abortion and mental health and addiction. And a lot of people weren't here for that. They just wanted me to keep posting pics of my kids. Actually, just the other day, someone was like, I liked your Instagram feed better when you were like a nobody and I was like you know what whatever yeah, then gosh. you can unfollow and it's creating more space and I will say this that um just hold out hope and and Sarah will speak to to this too because I know that she you know she has a huge following way bigger than mine and it's all about she grew that following through being her authentic self mm -hmm. and more and more people are of looking course. for that on the internet and then um might I suggest um grabbing a couple of Brene Brown books or Ooh, ordering on yes. Audible because it's all about dropping your shame, coming into your authentic self and building healthy relationships from that. Um, start with Braving the Wilderness and I will let Sarah answer now. Okay, so I know you don't really know my story, but in terms of Instagram, I'm going to share with you a little bit of mine. So I initially had an Instagram following of a substantial amount, I would say around 60,000, because I had lost 100 pounds. Everyone was really excited that I'd simply lost weight and they were coming to me for fitness inspiration and diet inspiration and just this story of 
somebody who had found happiness in a smaller body. Um, but the fact is I was actually dealing with disordered eating. I was going through divorce. I had a, a huge amount of life stress going on and I had to um, really kind of deal with that. And that meant me pivoting completely what my content was. So I went from being the weight loss girl to, hey, guess what? I have disordered eating. I have incredibly huge body issues. And I'm going to talk about that now. And we're not going to talk about diet anymore. We're we're walking away from diet culture completely. And I'm a writer as well. So my, my feelings definitely came out in my words. And there was a long period where people just kind of fell away because they no longer, they couldn't hear that dieting wasn't good, that dieting was potentially harmful or that you know what, maybe losing weight doesn't make you happy. So when I was sharing in my new truth, it was hard because it was like almost like I was sharing it as if it was just for me. And that's what I kind of always kept with is whatever I'm doing, I'm sharing it because I'm writing it down. It's my journal, it's my life, and it's my truth, just like it is yours. So after that, what's kind of happened, and what this is the coolest part of it all, is that new people found me. Mm-hmm. All those people that left, you know, uh, wherever they are, like I've wished them well, they just weren't connecting anymore. But I've had insane growth from people who have connected because honestly, I think I stopped trying to be what the world wanted me to be. And I just started being myself. And people are in so much need of human connection right now. It's all we're craving. And uh, showing up as yourself and showing sharing your story, like your true story and your truth and writing it the way that you are impacted by it. It's going to find those people that needed to hear it all along. It's going to find that community that needs you and that needs your voice. And even if it's like one person, you have no idea whose life you might be changing. So just always remember that and let the numbers be so secondary. I always joke about this because my number Mm -hmm. one posts of all time, out of all the amazing things that I've written and all the things that I've offered the world, my two best posts of all time have been me getting a tattoo and me cutting my hair. So just goes to show that I would be covered in tattoos with a shaved head if I kept trying to chase what people liked the most. Uh, So it's so important to just hold to your truth and hold to your story and just keep sharing it. Don't don't let the world put you in a box because you got less likes on it because the right people are going to need to hear your story. So you're going to be the one that's going to like keep that torch going and, and bring it forward. Yes. Elizabeth, thank you so much for calling wow. and congratulations on your We're sober rooting time. For you. Keep at it, girlfriend. We are so thank proud you of both. you. <laughs> All right, talk soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh, it answered. Is this Lauren? Oh my God, I just heard a beep. Did yeah. I do it? Hi, Lauren. Okay, perfect. It worked. <laughs> we, I'm just talking about oh how God, I am so, so amazing. I'm so technologically like not there, and I'm. <laughs> I've been having a day today. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what can we do for you? Hi. Oh, this is so cool. This is so amazing. Um, it's really interesting. I was listening to the show the whole time, and my question is kind of about all of this stuff. So it kind of ties everything in. Um, so I initially framed my question as kind of how you strike a balance between promoting self-love and body positivity, but also... Um, you know, not objectifying or sexualizing women's bodies. Mm. And this is kind of like something I've been struggling with because like the last caller, um, 
I'm in the midst of starting a new business, trying to get my Instagram up. I'm totally new. I have like 120 followers, you know, like nothing. But, and it's like, um, I want to be very positive and self-love and um, do a lot of those types of posts. And I really loved um, Sarah Nicole's post from, you know, about the breast ripple that you did yeah. the other day? Yeah. Yeah. And just like posts like that um, really inspire me. And I like seeing them in other um, influencers accounts, but then, so I'm also a sexual assault survivor. Mm -hmm. I have PTSD mm -hmm. and, um, I also specialize in mental disability law. Sometimes I just struggle with, I love seeing it in other people, but I have mm -hmm. all this self-conscious issues about like after my mm -hmm. assault, I used to dress totally differently before my assault. Of course. Um, I, and I used to have no qualms going out in a short dress or stuff like that. I loved playing up my body, playing up my assets, that kind of thing, and had confidence in it. After the assault, um, I, I totally changed how I dressed. It was like, and obviously, and just to be clear, this was 13 years ago now. I've been through like 10 years of therapy. It's not something super fresh, but anyone who's gone through it knows it never goes away. But it, it, it's like... I, my whole attitude about how I showed my body changed and it had nothing to do with the, I, there was no judgment in it on other women. It was like a fear in me. Um, it just like something about the realization that the way people see your body is not necessarily, um, safe, you know, like, yeah. and you know, it's I crazy about, I'm sorry, go ahead. You worry. No, 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 I'll, I'll wrap it up. I, it's just like sometimes I'll want to post something um, that I think is really self-love and self-care and positivity and showing I'm okay with, I've, I'm, I've also recovered from an eating disorder. So it's like, you know, showing that um, I'm okay with my body and that sort of thing. But then I get so scared to post anything in a bra or in panties or in a bathing suit. And I have mm. this fear that it will be sexualized or, you know, yeah. somehow. And that, Yeah. Um, they did this study from the CDC and Kaiser Permanente and they followed, they just, they, ha they gave out pamphlets to all the patients and, um, upon further evidence, what they realized was that nearly 50% of women who were obese had had sexual abuse mm -hmm. and trauma. It's very common. So yeah. your feelings about wanting to protect your body and cover up, those are very real for me too, because mm -hmm. I'm also a survivor. And so I just want to acknowledge that as being something that's normal. We try to defend ourselves after trauma and something like that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and then what yeah. I will say, and then I'll let Sarah take over mm -hmm. the rest, because this is more of a question geared towards her is that the very last part of me healing after my sexual abuse was reclaiming my sexuality mm -hmm. and and it being mm -hmm. on my terms a lot of the posts that i post are very sexy just because of the way that i'm posed or whatever but i'm not necessarily wearing sexy outfits very often and so that's my personal choice and then regarding the sexualization of women i mean in we're always going to be sexualized and look at breastfeeding and all of these things that people like they choose to sexualize us and and to that i just say a 
big fuck you and these are our bodies and it's our right to do <laughs> yeah, what yes. we want with them yeah. so I'm gonna let Sarah take over the rest yeah honestly to speak to that Thank I even you. get like I even get messages about like sending pictures of my feet so like yeah they'll sexualize <laughs> anything <laughs> but I <laughs> but I really want to kind of lean into this body neutrality um, piece because there is an account online that you might really really love and it's called beauty redefined um, they really speak into okay. the fact that you do not need to so this one last post that they had was you do not have to post photos of your body to prove your body confidence you do not owe the internet anything so remember that because there are so many times like and and I've spoken to this as well like whether you wear a two-piece bathing suit or whether you wear a full-piece bathing suit or whether you're in like a covered blanket it's it's the fact that you if it, if we're talking about going to the beach it's the fact that you showed up that's what's that's where the confidence comes in mm-hmm. but you have to listen to your own voice with things like that yeah. and i came from a very conservative background so for me sharing my body was a very odd odd thing to be doing and and it's still I still have moments where I'm like ah this doesn't feel okay to me like I I won't ever usually show a lot of pictures of like my butt because I feel like it gets like too Mm -hmm. sexualized but um I, I also have like my audience is 97% women. So I very much know yeah. who it is that I'm talking to too. So as much <laughs> as I understand that there might be those 3% men who are looking at it a little bit differently, they're so used to like when they're sexualizing women, it's an objectifying yes. and it's a suppression of women. They're not really interested in a woman who is like necessarily after like reclaiming her sexuality. Like Alexa said, that's, that's all what I'm about to like, mm-hmm. it is my body. I have a authority over it I have authority whether I wear a bathing suit or a full piece or if I'm in jeans and sweatpants or if I'm topless on the beach of France which one day I will be yeah I would hope to be as well you know (laughs) what there's so much that we're just like I I almost kind of like and I'm not saying you have to do this because you're in recovery too and you need to honor that and it's so valid to honor that um and to like know your feelings there but I think for me, it's almost a bit of that fuck you, like Alexa said. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hide mm-hmm. because somebody instilled fear in me yeah. anymore. And I'm not going to feel like I need to do less and be less mm-hmm. because somebody made me feel like less. And I have before and after pictures on my feed um, next you know, from years ago of mm-hmm. post baby and, mm-hmm. and pre baby. But the context is that my value and my worth are no different when I was exactly. 186 pounds and when I'm 130 pounds. And so I, but of I'm course. in full on clothes. Yeah. Okay. So you can still do it in clothes. You and can. I saw Sarah's boob pic the other day of the ripples. And I'm like, I'm I have nervous. Those. I, well, I bet. And I, but I thought I have yeah. those and we should be seeing more of those. But yeah. then I thought to myself, but I don't think that's for me to do do I'm just not comfortable with that yeah and that's and so totally and fair. that's yeah, fine and I love it yeah exactly and it's like I love seeing it in other women and I have and it's like and there's a part I'm a feminist I believe in like reclaiming your sexuality and all those things it's just so hard to apply to yourself you for know? sure yeah. honestly hon and, like um, I I didn't even want to post that photo like that wasn't yes. something that I was like this is such a great picture <laughs> I'm gonna post this of me it was like great this sucks but I I came into the root reason why and my reason why was somebody else posted a photo like that and it made me feel less alone so my reason was I want women to feel less alone and if I can be someone that shows the ripple of the skin on my breasts so be it we're gonna do it and you know what it 
as soon as it was done, I was like, well, everyone knows now I get to live my life, right? You just kind of move (laughs) on from it. I just, I'm really neutral in thinking about my body that way now where I'm just like, eh, is what it is. Like we can all move on. And thank you, Sarah, because I felt less alone because I've got lots of boob ripples. Honestly, it's (laughs) honestly, they wrote a whole article about it in Women's Health UK. It is like freaking common as heck. And who knew? I didn't even know like two weeks ago. Didn't even know. know Because we've never seen a picture of anybody else's ripply tits on the internet. 100%. Um, yeah, and it's like, and we've all seen it. We all know. Oh, yeah, you we know. know. It's, um, <laughs> and then that's just sort of a sort of a, a little segue that's the end of the question, but a little related is just like I, something else that's, you know, I went to law school and then didn't tr- pursue a traditional litigation path, and I'm starting my own business, and it's kind of more in the mental health sphere. And I also, it, like, you know, I, I struggle with comparing myself to like my former self or, and then thinking like, oh my God, all these lawyers are going to see, you know, are, are going to see something and think like, what are you doing? And it's like, do you guys ever struggle with like people from your past or your other life before? Or, and like, how do you sever that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm all about becoming like my past is not, is not a part of that. Like it's a part of it. It's part of my story, but it's not going to define what I'm becoming. And I think you're, yeah. I think you have so much to be proud of. I think if anybody's looking at you and hearing your story and hearing how you speak people. about it, like, yeah, they're not your they're people, not your people for sure. If they have anything less to yeah, say, but like they're just proud you, of right? you. Yeah. You have so exactly. much to be proud of. My pop socket right now says, fuck that shit. That's yeah. my motto today. Okay. <laughs> That's my motto in my life. Fuck that shit. I don't have time for bullshit. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you so much, Lauren. We love talking to you. Thanks yeah, for thank calling you. in. We'll wait for this person to jump on. Hi, is this Samantha? Yes, hello. Hi, you're on with Sarah and Alexis. Hello, hello. What's up? How are y'all doing? Good, how are you? Good. I just wanted to ask you, because I know you do have your three kids that you share custody with, and I was just wondering how you handle separation anxiety when they're gone and how that relationship works. Um, I'm lucky because my kids are a little bit older, so I do have phone access to them. That's Mm -hmm. actually something that I made written into the separation agreement as well. It was that they were able to have contact Mm -hmm. with each other. Um, But I also found that it was actually easier if we didn't do too much contact during those days. And the only reason I say that is because Mm -hmm. it gives them an opportunity to um, have life outside of me and for me to have life outside of them and for us to be able to focus on our individual days, which I feel has been like really, really good. Um, I will say, like at the beginning it felt like the most uncomfortable thing in the world I cried at having you know I don't I can't remember how many days I would be just wishing for a quiet night by myself and then all of a sudden your wish comes true and your kids are at somebody else's house and you're heartbroken you're just devastated by it so I really had to learn to be alone and that is the most uncomfortable feeling but to be honest it it really taught me a lot. I be, I feel like I am such a better mom now in the time when I do have them because I used that time when I was alone to better myself and to make sure that they were coming back to a whole mom and not somebody who was like split in half, half like all the time, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a circumstance and it is a hard one, but we have so much choice in it and we have so much choice in how we, how we choose to embrace that journey. And I just really encourage you Mm -hmm. to kind of use the time away from them to just rebuild yourself, to pour back into whatever it is that you need to do, because when they come 
come back, they're going to have a mom who is overflowing for them. And that is just the most beautiful thing for both of you. So just, it's an unfortunate circumstance for so many families, but it's also such a beautiful one if we Mm -hmm. choose to channel it that way. Right. Definitely. That's awesome. I hope that helps. I'm sorry. I know how hard it is. Yeah, Even really as I'm did. sitting, yeah, that was, that's really, it's actually really good. I love that. Good. I do find that when you know when they're home, you you want that break, and then they of leave, course. and then because you're 100 sleeping or upset. But I mean, yeah. but it's the definitely thing is, a chance to focus on me. You know, of course. And the thing is, when they're with you, you're 100 percent mom. You don't really get. You don't have anybody else. Well, there might be somebody else, but like you're 100 percent on. Like that's all you. So when they're right. gone, mm-hmm. it's not that you're zero percent on. You're still like ha- your heart's still in it. You're still mom. You're still there. You're still present. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about them. So it can be hard to kind of like let go of that a little bit and let go of that control while still just like your whole mm-hmm. heart is in it. So just just know your feelings are so valid. They're so normal. They're so common. Yes. And uh, and right. just and just choose that time to really to really be your best self so that you can show up and be your best self for them too. That's all I can say to that yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Samantha. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, one last call, and then we are going to call it a day. Hi, is this Lee? Hello? Uh, my name is Tylee. Oh, 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 sorry. It only came up as Lee. Hi. <laughs> That's it's like, like Kylie, like Kylie Jenner, but with a T. Oh, cool. <laughs> what can um, we do for you? So... Um, my question is, I mean, I haven't been following Sarah for a long, long time, but I've seen obviously before photos, what you used to look like. And I know that you got into health and fitness and mm-hmm. you got divorced and whatnot, but I am struggling currently with like, I, I can make it to the gym and I can work out like four or five days a week, mm-hmm. but I find that I'm doing it in like, with this like self-loathing punishment attitude mm-hmm. and not, not like. I'm doing this because I love myself and whatever. Oh, it's, it's I 100% know it. Result focused. Like I'm focused on like what is going to be the end game, you know, and also punishing, punishing myself for either not looking the way I want to or gaining weight back or what I had for breakfast. And I'm just curious, like, did you go through that? I'm assuming you did. Cause like, I sure did. <laughs> How did you shake that? Um, well, the first thing I did was I got really comfortable being uncomfortable. I stopped working out for about two weeks and I let myself get uncomfortable with that feeling and that fear. Um, I really had to peel back a lot of the labor layers of like my own fat phobic thinking and understanding that, you know, just because I'm not working out today doesn't mean that I'm going to get fat. And even if I do get fat, that isn't a bad thing. And kind of just understanding you know, just the bigger, the bigger spectrum of everything that was going on inside my own heart and mind. I also eliminated the things that had me result-based because it is really, really hard when you're working out for so long, expecting results to kind of flip that switch and say, I'm working out because I want to honor my body, not as an ornament, but as an instrument, right? So when we, Mm -hmm. when we're starting to try and use our bodies as instrument over ornament, Uh, It can be tricky. So I actually will even as much as put a post-it note over like the calorie burn on a cardio machine. I don't weigh myself anymore. I am very much in check with like, I have gained weight in the last uh, year, but it ended up being a hormonal imbalance. So it didn't matter how much I was working out. There's nothing that could really go on when there is like, and actually my naturopath sat me down and she was like, you actually have to work out a whole lot less if you want your hormones to balance because you're, you've got really bad 
adrenal fatigue. So you need to like stop doing so much. And that was like a really weird thing for me to hear that like part of my journey going forward would be less working out. But now I just understand that, you know what, I don't have the ability to do it all and I can work out. And if I'm what I used to always do was working out in self-loathing. And now I only work out if I really want to be moving my body and I'm a really great mental headspace for it. And I think one of the things that I would really, really encourage doing is follow a lot of accounts of women who are in plus size bodies who are athletic as well, because it kind of teaches you not to be result-based ornament wise of your body and to get out of that thinking that your body is only like, is only healthy if it's small. Um, Meg Boggs would be one of my favorite people to follow for this. Um, She is a plus size woman who is like she can deadlift more than I have ever touched in my life and people will look at her and call her unhealthy yet she's like a star athlete so I would just really just start filling your head with like a lot of people who are inspiring in that way so that you can start kind of getting rid of that messaging that you know, thinner is better and that, you know, you're only healthy if you are working out like five days a week. Cause like healthy is also like making sure your mental health is good too. Right. I was going to say like the mental health Mm. part of it. I don't have a problem with people having like body, like goals and like Mm -hmm. areas that they, you know, if you want a six pack, then get that six pack. But if it's affecting your mental health, then you need to readdress like why you actually want that six pack. Like if you want to push your body to extreme levels, then fine. But if you're going to do that, and make your mental health deteriorate as a result then it's not healthy and then piggybacking off of what Sarah said like my personal trainer if she walked into a doctor's office for her height and weight she is built she would be considered obese and it's insane because she is so strong Mm -hmm. and so fit and can run a mile in five minutes and I can run a mile in 12. And so it's like when we're actually talking about overall health, it's like if you're not enjoying the workouts that you're doing or the way that you're eating or whatever, don't mm-hmm. do it. Eat intuitively, eat what you feel like is, is it totally. makes you feel good and find a exercise routine that you enjoy. For me, it's hiking for somebody else. It's yeah. yoga for another person. It's hit for another person. It's CrossFit, totally. you know, and it's like, Focusing on on what is going to bring you joy in your life because here's the thing we all are workhorses we're working our asses off forty mm-hmm. hours a week we've got kids we've got busy lives and it's like we if, if the other couple of hours a week you're spending in the gym you're miserable then that's not good for you it's true and I also just like one last thing to add as well one of the things that I found was really really helpful for me was switching out of like not just like, I love hike. I'm the same as Lexus. I love a good hike and stuff like that, but getting into weightlifting because it actually causes you to gain weight. Um, but that's like a good thing to do because you're gaining muscle and your body's getting stronger and you stop measuring your success based on what your body mm. is looking like, but more what your body can do. So, um, that's been really cool for me since about January, I started that. And it, like literally my trainer was like, yeah, you're going to gain weight. And I'm like, cool, let's do this. Like, it's so cool to see that mm-hmm. the number is all about what I can lift, not about how much I weigh. Yeah. Thank you so much okay. for calling in yeah, and we hope you. you have a good thank rest you of so your much. Day. If you guys liked this episode, do me a solid head over to the podcast app and make sure that you are subscribed to recovering from reality, not just subscribed, but give me five stars. If you really liked it, comment, 
make a review. I really appreciate it. And if you're listening on your phone, you could even screenshot a picture of you listening and tag me up on Instagram and I'll do my best to share it within the community. So thanks for listening, you guys. And I hope you loved this episode. This week's affirmation is, I have a healthy body, a quiet mind, and a nourished soul. And so it is.